You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Hope you guys' weekend is off to a fantastic start. We got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. The mystery recruit, the four-star prospect, BYU head coach Mark Pope is reportedly chasing. We finally are able to reveal who it is. We'll talk about who Frederick King is, who's on an official visit to BYU. We'll also talk some BYU football. The Cougars ranked in the top 20 according to the latest preseason top 25 from ESPN. Where do some of their opponents stack up? We'll get to that. And of course, we'll get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU sports, as well as continuing our countdown. The top 50 players of all time, who checks in at number 48 of the all-timers? We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. Let's waste no more time, though, and dive right in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 22nd, 2022. Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for joining us here on a Friday edition of the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Huge thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us on YouTube or any of the various podcasting platforms out there. Make sure that follow or subscribe button, make sure to hit enable notifications. If you're listening to us on YouTube, I'm pointing down to the kind of lower right corner. So those of you in the audio format, click there. It'll enable notifications. You'll be able to be subscribed to the show and it'll pop up immediately once one of these new shows drops. So a huge thank you for your support as always of this venture. All right, let's get going here on today's show and let's talk a little BYU football, shall we? We'll get to the basketball news here in a moment. It's been a busy, busy week on the basketball front. We'll get to Frederick King here momentarily, but I wanted to start off with BYU football today. A new top 25, uh, way too early if you will, or a preseason top 25 dropped by ESPN, or I guess it officially was updated by ESPN. And BYU is inside the top 20 according to the worldwide leader. They check in at number 19 in this poll, and let's talk about what they wrote about the Cougars here, because I actually like the write-up here. They had the previous ranking for BYU was 18, so they dropped them one spot. Uh, they talk about the fact that BYU is returning 8 of their offensive starters, all 11 on their defense and two of their special teams. The spring update says, quote, coming off back-to-back seasons with 10 victories and entering their final one as an independent, the Cougars bring back almost everybody who was a big contributor in 2021. Well, all except Tyler Algier. In fact, BYU will return 88% of its production, according to ESPN's Bill Connolly, and that ranks second in the FBS. If the Cougars can keep quarterback Jaron Hall healthy and find a capable replacement for Algier, who left for the NFL, they will be poised for another campaign with 10 wins or more. One concern, BYU's schedule next season includes home games against Baylor and Arkansas, road games against Oregon, Boise State, and Stanford, and a contest, neutral site contest with Notre Dame in Las Vegas. All those points, I think, are well-founded. It was They talk about BYU. But the important number there is that 88% of the production for BYU returning. That is why I'm so bullish on BYU going into the season. Think about what BYU did against the Pac-12 in particular last year. They would have a 10-win season. I know that it ended in a... 
ignominious fashion. It was not something that you wanted to see in that bowl game against UAB, but BYU was spent at that point, it felt like. They were just kind of playing out the string, and they've talked about it during spring ball. They said, hey, that loss, it's got us motivated. We did not end the season the way we wanted to, and the players have to own some of that, obviously, because it's on them to go out and get the get the get the results that they want. They've got to play hard in every single game. But the 88% of the production returning for BYU, that is a huge reason why I personally and any of you who listened to this podcast over the past couple of months have heard me say that I'm really bullish on BYU's chances this fall. And it's because there is so much coming back for BYU off a team that was actually very successful, especially against the top end talent on their on their schedule during the 2021 campaign. I know that the Pac-12 we all like to make it a joke, the butt of joke, saying that, well, the Pac-12 is what? Is it the Power 4 and then 1? Okay, I get all that, but they are Power 5 programs, and BYU handled them straight up. In fact, the University of Utah, in this latest spring poll, this updated poll from ESPN, they got the Utes number 4. You want to talk about just massive, massive amounts of pressure? Yeah, have ESPN put you in a college football playoff spot. Now, that is pressure for Utah, and I'm telling you, Utah's got a lot more rebuilding on their defense to do. BYU at least has bodies in place on their defense. Utah graduated the top two linebackers. They were down to a converted running back in the Rose Bowl at cornerback. I don't envy Kyle Whittingham trying to temper expectations for the Utes, but BYU has got plenty of their expectations for themselves. If you're in the top 20 here, you're expected to be one of the better teams in the country, and the expectation is probably a 10-win season. It will really depend on Jaron Hall's health status. Can he stay healthy for the entire season? He's not done that so far this so far in his career at BYU, and at this point, can you really count on that? So you're going to have to have a guy like Jacob Conover ready to play at a moment's notice if Jaron Hall gets dinged up at all. The other question there they said is, can they find a replacement for Tyler Algier? I am a huge fan of Christopher Brooks, the grad transfer coming in from Cal. BYU put a lot of work into finding him. They did a lot of vetting of multiple transfers uh, in the transfer portal. I know that Aaron Roderick personally scouted uh, Christopher Brooks, extensively wanted to make sure that he was going to be the guy that he felt like could come in and take over this position. And nothing that I saw in spring ball and nothing that I heard in spring ball about Christopher Brooks leads me to believe that he is not going to be capable of being the lead back for BYU. He has every intention of being that bell cow back for BYU. And the crazy thing about it, he is bigger than Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier is five foot eleven, two hundred and twenty pounds. Christopher Brooks, he is all of six foot, six foot one and two hundred and thirty plus pounds. He is an absolute bruiser. He has got legs that are tree trunks. I, I'm not trying to hype him up too much, but I truly believe he is going to be a perfect replacement for Tyler Algier. He has a little different running style, but it's very effective. He fits in that zone blocking scheme that BYU requires the running backs to run in. It's kind of that one cut, find a hole and hit it. It's got to, you got to be able to read it as a running back. Christopher Brooks looks like he's very naturally adept to that position. So I'm actually very encouraged about BYU's chances with this team going into the 2022 campaign. But as they also noted, the schedule includes home games against Baylor and Arkansas. Oh, no, who, by the way, is ranked in this poll? Well, one spot behind BYU are the Arkansas Razorbacks who come to BYU in mid-March. I oh, yeah, mid-March. Wow, we're right past mid-March. In mid-October. I don't know where I got mid-March from. Oh, and then, uh, so let's see. We also have got the uh, home game against Baylor. Well, where does Baylor check in? Oh, one spot in front of BYU. They're at number 18. <laughs> 
folks, this is going to be an interesting season. And they also mentioned the fact that you have road games against Oregon. Oregon in this poll is number 16. So there you go. There are the Oregon Ducks. And then also they mentioned uh, Stanford and Boise State. Okay, they're not ranked. But then a contest with Notre Dame. And where do the Fighting Irish check in? Well, they are all the way up at number six in these rankings. BYU has four preseason top 25 teams on this schedule. You go out and put up another 10-plus win season against this schedule, BYU could find themselves inside the top 10 at the end of the season. As I said, I don't envy the University of Utah being ranked number four in the country because that is just a massive, massive amount of pressure coming off a 10-4 and season for the Utes. Utah is going to have to deal with all kinds of expectations that are going to be heaped upon them in the preseason. They're going to be picked as the Pac-12 favorites, the Pac-12 South favorites. The good news for BYU is you can be, I guess, a little under the radar. I know that number 19 isn't under the radar per se, but the nice part is BYU isn't sitting inside the top 10 and having to justify why they're there. They're sitting inside the top 20, just inside the top 20 at number 19. You've got the number six, the number 16, the number 18, and the number 20 teams in this poll sitting all around you. You go out and beat up on those teams, and they also take care of business against the likes of Utah State, who's supposed to be pretty good. Boise State is always seemingly an opponent that gives BYU fits. You handle your business, and BYU very easily could go for 10 wins. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I am very very excited for this BYU football season. I cannot wait to get it underway. I think we are now 135 days away. It's coming fast, but not fast enough. I want it to be here tomorrow. I love college football season. It's maybe the shortest season of all the major sports out there, but man, do I relish those three or so months that we get to sit back on Saturdays and watch game after game, and in particular with BYU, just do battle uh, on the uh, just on the field. It's so much fun to watch the Cougars do their thing. So I look forward to this, and I'm actually really intrigued with BYU continuing to stay in the national consciousness. You put together back-to-back-to-back, so three straight 10-plus win seasons going into Big 12 play. I'm telling you what, in 2023, there's going to be some expectations for BYU entering the Big 12 era for them, but you got to handle your business this year. You cannot let the preseason hype, no matter how much or little you may think it is, get to you if you're a BYU football player. you got to take care of business. Game-by-game mentality. They talk about it all the time. I know it's a cliche answer. We take it week by week. We go game by game. I get that it's cliche, but it is as valid now as it ever has been. But some good news for BYU. There's opportunities on the horizon for the Cougars. And like I said, I wish this season could be here tomorrow. I truly crave football season. But the good news is it's coming quick. And before we know it, it'll be here. We'll talk more about some BYU football players, one of the greats of the past here in just a little bit. We're going to highlight a running back from one of the past eras of BYU football in our top 50 player countdown. But first, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Built Bar. I have told you guys that I'm a huge fan of Built Bars. What do I got down here today? I have got the Sweet Fire here. So that's the Sweet Fire. What that is, it's a flavor actually I I've, I've had it for a little while. I'm not sure they're making it currently. They also they always have like what they call their limited time flavors. Sweet Fire is in essence a jalapeno fudge flavor built bar. Folks, they have got every flavor that, out there that you can imagine. I guarantee you can find one, two, or it feels like in my case, 10 different flavors that you absolutely crave. Built bars are the best tasting protein bars that I've ever had. But if the built bar maybe is too thick for your liking, it's it's just too dense for you, they have what they call the built puffs. They're the first ever protein 
protein-infused marshmallow. They're marshmallowy. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They are absolutely delicious. And the best part is we're going to save you some cash on those Built Bars as well. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your entire order. It doesn't have to be. It can be Built Bars, Built Puffs, any of the other Built-branded companies' products. They have Built Bone Broth. They've got, um, what else do they have? They have their, their Built Boost, which I absolutely love as well. So the best part is you can save 15% off your entire order by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Uh, give those Built Bars a shot, my friends. You will love them. The best part is you're supporting BYU football via their name, image, and likeness agreement they have with the BYU football program by supporting our friends at Built Bar as well. So one more time, LOCKED15 at Built.com. Save yourself 15%. Enjoy the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. All right, let's talk a little BYU basketball for a moment here. Uh, A few weeks ago, there was that mysterious tweet going out from uh, Mark Pope's uh, Twitter account saying that I never paid so much, so close attention to an emergency exit instructions on a flight before. Let's go. And it's a picture of what might be the oldest aircraft still currently in existence that's flying flights. Well, everybody was speculating. Did he fly to Africa? Did he go to some remote part of the world to recruit a young man? Well, the lid has been lifted on who this is, and that is Frederick King. Uh, He is a native of the Bahamas, but he has most recently been playing at the NBA Academy Latin America in Mexico. Now, what is the background of Frederick King? Well, he's 6'10", 220 pounds. He is a true big man in every sense of the word, but he originally had signed with a national letter of intent with Louisville this past fall in the early signing window. So the same window that Colin Chandler signed with BYU, Frederick King had inked his NLI to join the Louisville Cardinals. Well, Chris Mack had just an awful run there and was fired from his job. Shortly after his firing, well, as you would expect, King started looking at his options, asked for a release from that national letter of intent, which Louisville granted. And then the next day, Mark Pope was on that plane, that picture of that rickety old plane that he was on. He was on his way to Mexico to meet with Frederick King. Frederick King, folks, could be a crown jewel of BYU's already pretty good recruiting class for this current cycle. He is a guy, unlike Colin Chandler, who would come in immediately. He's not a member of the dominant faith of BYU, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but everything I hear about this young man is he fits personality-wise with what BYU is looking for. He is an extremely talented player. He's a four-star prospect according to Rivals, a three-star prospect, a high three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. So depending on which one you want to take in terms of your, I want to say we got a four-star prospect. Well, it goes by the Rivals. He's a four-star. I love this kid's game. He is tall. He's athletic. He plays with a ferocious tenacity, just absolutely getting after it. His desire and fight is there. You can tell this kid has NBA-type upside. That's the good news for a BYU program that needs some good news right now. Gideon George, as I said yesterday, everything points to him coming back to BYU, which is positive news. But if you want another true big man that you can help build around going into Big 12 play, Frederick King would absolutely be a crown jewel for BYU. I really like this kid's game. Uh, He just recently finished an official visit to Creighton, according to Robbie McCombs of Vanquish the Foe, who originally reported this. And they said, uh, one source told Robbie McCombs it's likely down to the Blue Jays, speaking of Creighton and BYU. So 50-50 odds for BYU. But the Cougars, they may have a little ace up their sleeve by the name of Walter Ruiz. You probably, some of you may know that name, some of you may not. Walter Ruiz was an assistant on Dave Rose's first 
staff. In 2005, I believe he joined Dave Rose's staff. Walter Ruiz is a former uh, player at BYU-Hawaii, coached uh, for the Seasiders as well, then has gone on to coach at a myriad of different places. He is a native of Brazil, and he is currently the head coach of the NBA Academy Latin America, where, incidentally, well, Frederick Knight has been playing. So... If you are Mark Pope, you're having Walter Ruiz talk about his experience at BYU. Obviously, Walter is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if Walter believes a guy like Frederick King can thrive at BYU, you take your word for it and you go chase this kid to the ends of the earth, which it appears that Mark Pope literally did. Because that plane that he was on, I would be terrified to be on it. But there's a big opportunity here because if you were to uh, put a guy like Frederick King uh, on the floor with a Tiki Ali Tiki and Fusini Triori, that is a triumvirate of big men. The BYU, you can put shooters around that and you're sitting pretty as a basketball program. I absolutely love this and I hope that BYU can get uh, this young man. It's going to be a fight because... Creighton, they are no joke. Uh, Coach McDermott out there, he is an absolute tenacious recruiter in his own right, and obviously they've already had their official visit. But hopefully the official visit that Frederick King is on, he got into town yesterday. He's visiting BYU throughout today. I hope that he is able to come away with um, some very good feelings about BYU. Let's talk about some of the stats that he put up, absolutely. He was playing at the Academy Games, which is the NBA academies around the world. They have ones in Africa, Asia, the one in Latin America and Mexico here. Well, in a game by Frederick King at the Academy Games, at 6'10", the public stats are incomplete. This came, but he says his dominance was captured by his stats against the NBA Academy out of Africa red team. He tallied 31 points, 16 rebounds on 8 of 9 shooters, Shooting. And oh, by the way, 15 of 20 free throws made. He's got shooting range, folks. This Frederick King has got all of the game. He's got range out to the three-point line. You can look at his highlights and you'll see it. This kid can uh, score from the inside. He can step outside and bury a jumper. He is the real deal, and he truly does. I, I, I'm of the opinion of this. Jonathan Giovanni uh, from, he dra- he does the NFL draft for ESPN. Uh, excuse me, draft Express, excuse me. Jonathan Giovanni does Draft Express. He believes that he's got NFL upside for him as well. The tools are there. You can see the physical gifts that Frederick King has. They scream a future big man in the NBA. He's got kind of that modern NBA big man look to him. He's got to hone his craft some, obviously, but BYU, if they can get a kid like this, talk about a comeback trail for some of you who might have, quote-unquote, been out on Mark Pope earlier this week. He gets uh, Gideon George back. He's chasing the likes of a high-level scorer and Antoine, uh, not Antoine, is Antoine Davis? Yeah, Antoine Davis out of Detroit Mercy. And if you get a kid like Frederick King, who's a four-star prospect some good news good things and good news happening for BYU hoops potentially but hey let's temper expectations for a little bit because this is going to take some time you've got to you got to seal the deal as they say and I understand that anything can happen between a guy uh, coming on an official visit and officially putting his name pen to paper and getting that national letter of intent filed but right now it sure looks like Mark Pope is doing some work in the transfer portal and on the recruiting front and as I said all this week we need to kind of withhold judgment on the overall uh look at what Mark Pope is doing to remake this roster, maybe until early to mid-May. It's I know I know being patient is not an easy thing to do in this day and age. We all get that. But if you get a guy like Frederick King to commit, you maybe get Antoine Davis out of Detroit to come in and be your scorer on the perimeter. You go and find a couple other pieces that are shooters on the perimeter for BYU, and suddenly this team could be looking a lot different, but at the same time have a lot of upside as well. 
we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm going to withhold my judgment, but there is some smoke, some positive developments coming for BYU basketball after it looked like earlier this week that things were seemingly falling apart. Maybe not so much. Maybe we should have, you know... Maybe we shouldn't have rushed so much to judgment. I'm including myself on this. I was a little harsh early on, it felt like, in my personal opinions on Mark Pope, but sure looks like things are looking up right now at the current time. But like I said, there is still work to be done. You've got to get Frederick King to commit. You've got to get him to sign his national letter of intent. And until that's done, you can't say the job is done. So good news is he's on an official visit. Hopefully he falls in love with Provo. And hopefully Walter Ruiz has been in his ear saying, hey, BYU is where you want to go. I had a great experience there. You'll you'll love it. And I talked to somebody who I know uh, working around the Louisville uh, Cardinals men's basketball program. I had a great conversation with them actually yesterday they are of the opinion as well that frederick king would fit in swimmingly at byu they say he's a quiet reserved young man isn't a big partier not a guy who's going to cause trouble just kind of wants to focus on his craft and just be a hooper well guess what is there a better place in the entire country if you want to be focused like that than byu i would say there is not all right Coming up next, we'll flip back over to BYU football for a moment. We'll also get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU sports. Talk about everything going on this weekend for the Cougars. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. Let's take a minute, though, and talk about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one resource for all of your betting stats and sports information needs, my friend. I'm serious about this. We talk about them all the time. But BetOnline is the place to get your latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season as well. And the best part is, beyond that, you also can get futures odds for the NFL and college football. BetOnline remains your, remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. If you want to get into live betting, to the playoffs, esports, and more, it's all available to you guys at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's BetOnline. And by the way, real quick, BYU, if Mark Pope pulls off this recruiting coup, as I would uh, call it with Frederick King, you probably could get some pretty good odds on the futures for BYU basketball right now. They probably kind of fell off a cliff earlier this week. I probably should have pulled those up earlier, but I go over to betonline.net and maybe take a flyer on that. Put a uh, put some skittles on it, and maybe it'll pay off for you guys in the end. But it's all courtesy of betonline.net. Once again, they are a great resource, a great place to do business. It's all online at betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, finishing off the week here on Locked On Cougars. Let's get to our player countdown today. I almost forgot yesterday. I apologize. Uh, Joe Sampson's probably like, bro, why are you mentioning me last second? I, you know what? I apologize, Joe. Uh, it's still very new. We're doing in the first week of doing these countdowns, but we have done uh, two players from the top 50 players of all time is how we delineated this, delineated this this year. So we're doing the top 50 players of BYU all time outside of the independent era, and then another 50 players inside the independent era that I enjoyed watching, the top 50 of the independent era over the past decade or so for BYU football, for lack of a better term. So we've done two of each of those. If you missed those episodes earlier this week, we already highlighted Lake Hemuli, Vaisikahema in terms of the all-timers, I guess the old-timers in a way. And then from the independent era, we talked about wide receiver Colby Pearson and former defensive back Joe Sampson. We talked about Joe yesterday. We're going way back today. We're going back to the early 1970s. We're going to talk about Fleet Pete Van Valkenburg, one of the great running backs that few people I feel like talk about in this modern day for BYU. Pete Van Valkenburg, folks, was a key cog in the very earliest stage 
stages of the Lavelle Edwards tenure. He had two good years in 1970 and 1971, tallying 405 and 601 yards, which are decent numbers. He had four touchdowns in 1970, eight touchdowns in 1971. So good numbers through his first two years as a Cougar, but nobody had any clue what he was going to explode and do in 1972 in Lavelle Edwards' first year as head coach for BYU. He was a big reason why Lavelle actually was bowl eligible his first year. Lavelle had one losing season in his career. It actually happened in 1973, uh, crazily enough. But BYU in 1972 got 1,386 yards out of Fleet Pete. He also tallied 12 touchdowns, so doubling his uh, previous uh, numbers of touchdowns through his first two years at BYU. And he was just an absolute sensation. From scrimmage, he totaled a, a career high of, excuse me, a career total of 2,672 yards. Uh, his, his rushing yardage overall for his career was 2,392, which is still one of the top marks in BYU history. It is top 10 all time for the Cougars. But uh, I feel like Pete Van Valkenburg gets overlooked a little bit just because of all the great running backs that have come through in the past what, two decades? Think of Luke Staley. Think of Curtis Brown, Jamal Williams. Most recently, Tyler Algier. You think, of, like, talked about Locke Himuli earlier this, earlier this week. There have been a lot of great running backs in BYU history, but it feels like guys like Pete Van Valkenburg don't get highlighted enough. So I wanted to talk about one of the, I guess, quote-unquote, really old, old-timers. 50 years ago was his senior season, speaking of Pete Van Valkenburg, but one of those sensational seasons and a big part of why the early tenure of Lavelle Edwards, you look at those 1970, early 1970s teams, they were not the passing juggernaut they would become in the late 70s and obviously throughout the 80s and 90s. But a big reason why they had success early is he had a guy like Pete Van Valkenburg in the in the in the backfield. And when you have a guy like that, I think Lavelle Edwards was a smart enough coach to say, "Hey, uh, Gary Scheide, turn around and hand it to Pete back back there. He's going to lead us to success." And that's exactly what he did. So there you go, Pete Van Valkenburg, number forty eight in our all time Cougars uh, countdown. We'll get to number 48 on the independent side of things on our Monday edition of the show. We're going to alternate each day throughout the summer upcoming. I guess it's still spring technically, but we will carry this all the way through the kickoff of BYU and USF in early September. All right, last thing before we go here on today's show, and let me uh, clarify up front. I am on Mr. Mom Duty this week, so I'm actually recording this ahead of time. I would typically talk about the results of the Thursday games, but I'm doing this early enough that I don't have those results in hand. So we're going to preview the weekend ahead and we'll do a full recap of everything Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on our Monday edition of the show on the podcast. So just as a clarification on that front. But this weekend, you got a lot of BYU teams in action. The BYU baseball program is hosting San Diego at Miller Park. Uh, whether you're out there on Friday evening, it's a 6 o'clock first pitch out at Miller Park on Friday, and then a 1 o'clock matinee first pitch on Saturday. Enjoy that. Hopefully the weather holds up and BYU can get those games in. It's a huge opportunity for Coach Pratt and BYU baseball program. The women's softball program, they are in the opposite locale of BYU baseball. They are in San Diego taking on the San Diego Toreros in softball action. Uh, they will be having one game tonight. That'll be a 5.30 Pacific time start. That's 6.30 Mountain Time. And then a double header tomorrow between the Toreros and the Cougars. Uh, that is, I don't, have not seen a link for that, by the way. I don't think they are actually going to be airing those uh, in terms of a stream anywhere. So apologies on that front. You will, be able to, you will not be able to watch the softball program. Should I find something i'll throw it out on social media the men's golf program continues hosting the ping cougar classic this weekend that's taking place at riverside country club uh spectators are welcome if you want to go down and walk around riverside and see some of the top collegiate golf talent guys who may be on the pga tour at some point down the road 
The Pink Cougar Classic is a great way to do that. Um, I just have one claim to fame with regards to the Pink Cougar Classic I probably should mention here. I saw Tiger Woods before he left college playing in the Pink Cougar Classic. I, I saw him drive a green on a par four at Riverside Country Club as a young buck. I couldn't have been older than, oh man, I was maybe seven years old. But I still vividly remember watching him bomb a drive, drive a par four, drive it on the green, and eagle the hole. It was about as stunning for a young Jake Hatch who was just getting into golf as anything. And trust me, we all know what Tiger went on to do in his career. But it's kind of fun to think back. I saw him playing when he was playing for Stanford. He was wearing the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinal, uh, was that maroon? Yeah, the maroon colors of of Stanford. But. One of, my, one of those things you can go out to the uh, go out to Riverside Country Club and watch some future pros playing in that tournament. Uh, the women's golf program is also participating in the WCC Championships that's taking place in Las Vegas at the Lake Las Vegas Golf Club that started yesterday. It'll continue through today and tomorrow. Also, the men's and women's tennis programs are in action this weekend. The women's tennis team is hosting their final two home matches against St. Mary's as well as I believe they're uh, hosting. Uh, is it Santa Clara? I know it's St. Mary's uh, tomorrow. But I apologize. Oh, it's Pacific. Excuse me. Pacific coming to BYU today. St. Mary's tomorrow. And then the men's team is on the road at Pacific today. And they'll be at St. Mary's tomorrow. So opposite locales for the BYU men's and women's tennis program. Similar to what's going on with BYU baseball and softball this weekend. So there you go. You are up to date on everything you need to know as a BYU fan here on this Friday edition of the show. Of course, we'll recap it all. Everything that happens over the weekend, we'll have it for you guys on Monday. A huge thank you once again for making us your first first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over and watch uh, watch or listen to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It is under a week away. This time next week, we'll be talking about uh, Tyler Algier potentially being taken on the Friday of the NFL Draft. It's a week away from today. It's crazy to think about, but get up to speed. Everything you need to know about the NFL Draft with the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Check it out. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, that's going to do it. A huge thank you for your support of the podcast as always, subscribe, enable, enable notifications, like, comment, rate, review, do all that stuff to continue supporting the podcast. A huge thank you for all of you, for all your support all week long, and especially with our new venture as we are now on YouTube. And of course, we'll be back with you guys again on Monday. That'll do it. Have a great one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 22nd, 2022, and we will talk to you guys again next week.